everybody, this is Peter Diamandis, and welcome to our next episode of Exponential Wisdom. I'm here with my dear friend, Dan Sullivan. Dan, in our last podcast, we talked about the importance of experimentation. And the realization is that if you can't measure something, you can't experiment and you can't mm-hmm. improve it. One of the capabilities that you have shared with me, and it's sort of just blown me away how powerful it is, is this whole concept of creating scorecards that you can use as an entrepreneur in your organization, you can use as an entrepreneur with your customers, with your suppliers, with the general public. And so I'd love to hear your description Mm -hmm. to the audience here. What is a scorecard? What does it look like? And let's talk about how it's used. Well, a scorecard is the creation of some criteria, basically, to judge performance and judge where people are. So you give them an option of identifying on a spectrum of numbers, and it could be 1 to 10. There's a particular number that we use in Strategic Coach. It's 1 to 12, just because of the way we lay out our scorecards. I have a saying, which I think I'm going to get copyrighted, is that scorecards are catnip to human beings. And I I know this from my friends in the online marketing world, that there's an enormous amount of competition online. You know, people suffer from information overload. But they find that if you put your information out into the Internet in the form of, one, a quiz, or two, a scorecard, the opt-in is 10 to 1 over any other kind of information. And the second thing is, if it's actually a scorecard, the read-through right to the end of what you're presenting is 20 to 1 over any other piece of information. Okay, so what it means is that there's something almost irresistible about scorecards. About measuring yourself and where you stand compared to yourself before, compared to the average, or compared to experts wanting to know to measure yourself. Yeah. yeah, and there's a couple of principles to it is that people would like to have certainty. And this goes back to a previous discussion about a very fundamental basic human need. But the other thing is people are very aspirational and you can't be aspirational until you know your present score and then you can project a future score. There's a famous law which is called Pearson's Law and Carl Pearson was considered by many the father of modern business statistics, and he was right around 1900, he's British, and he has a law which basically says that which is measured improves, and that which is measured and reported improves exponentially. And it was very interesting, he used the word exponentially, and Mm. this was like 1910. And I think the reason was that that famous curve, you know, I call it the Kurzweil curve, but it's basically the curve of exponential progress that's made in computation as computation, first of all, became mechanical and then it became electric. Regardless of what was happening in the world, the progress in computation has been a straight line exponential progression for more than a century now. And I think the reason is because computation is about scoring. So if you think about the parts of the world that are most advanced, Those parts of the world are the parts of the world that do the most scoring of where things are now and then what's the future score we're going to go to. And that changes people's mindsets. It changes their behaviors. It changes how they communicate because 
you're summing yourself up and then you're shooting for something that's going to require a change of performance so that you can get a change of results. And that's the simple principle. I mean, when people are really serious about their physical fitness, the first thing you have to do is get a physical. You're creating one of the great scoring organizations on the planet in the health nucleus at Human Longevity. I go in for eight hours, and what they're doing is that they're scoring me so that we can start planning some better results in the future. So you're deep into probably one of the most important scoring organizations <laughs> that as we go forward in the 21st century. So Dan, your scorecards that you've created mm. and taught at Strategic Coach mm. where I'm one of your hugest fans and, and mm. your pupils, and what I'm using in Abundance 360, both my mm -hmm. 250 CEOs and those that are part of Abundance 360 Digital, you have a consistent format of what mm -hmm. a scorecard looks like. Mm -hmm. Could you take a second for those who've never seen a scorecard to describe in the two dimensions what it looks like and maybe pick one of your scorecards to use as an example? Well, actually, I'll start before that, Peter, because there's a way of creating a scorecard that has two steps before you actually get to the scorecard. And you can take any experience any experience that people are doing. And for example, I'll give you an example. And we actually did one when I first met you. And I said, what's a good speech and what's a bad speech? As far as you're concerned, you know, you travel around the world for speaking engagements. What's the three best examples of a really good speech where it did everything you wanted to do? It was worth your time. You got well rewarded. It opened opportunities. And give three examples of you know, I wish I hadn't actually agreed to do that. And it's taking everything to account. And, you know, the human brain operates at about one trillion decisions per second. So when you present it with a question like that, it goes through all your memory banks, pulls out an answer and puts it there. I mean, our brains are just remarkably fast. I know the AI stuff is going to be faster than us, but contextually, we're incredibly able to zero in on a question, what was best and worst? I can yep. take three best restaurants, three worst restaurants. But you take that and you, what you're doing, Peter, is you're creating a dynamic tension between negative and positive, And it's right. electrical principle. You get a spark and the spark you get is enormous insight. And what we zero in in the entrepreneurial world is mindset. So I ask people, what are the three best client relationships customer relations they've ever had, three worst ones. And then I said, let's take the best relationship. What were the mindsets that made it? So what kind of mindset did that person actually have that made it such a great relationship? And you can literally, in a few minutes, you can actually identify, if you take all three examples, you can actually identify what the mindsets are. So we went through an exercise last fall where a scorecard, and I have it sitting right in front of me, was created for the Abundance 360 conference on an ongoing basis, and this is going to go digital you know, in the near future. But if you remember, Peter, the discussion was around that you're giving massive amounts of brand new information that people don't really have structures in their brain to actually receive. And what we identified was that what we can teach them is mindsets about advanced technological change, about exponential change rather than linear change, and that if we show them the mindsets from bad mindset to best mindset, and we can lay it out, and you laid out eight mindsets, and you, you filled in four scoring zones, 
and we use 12, you know, a one to three zone, a four to six zone, a seven to nine zone, and a 10 to 12 zone. And they can score themselves on their present mindset. And then at the end of the conference, score themselves on their mindset after they received all your information. That would give them a way of making continual contextual sense of all the content that you are providing. So I make a real distinction between context and content. If you give people a lot of content and they don't have any context for it, the content is just going to be a burden to them. It's going to be a problem. So what you did with your scorecard is that you gave it to them and they were able to look at the scorecard as you were presenting this expert and that expert and this breakthrough and that breakthrough. And what I noticed, because I queried a lot of them throughout the conference about what the scorecard was doing, and they said, you know, I have a place for everything Peter says. I can see where it fits on my scorecard. And my score at the end of the conference is going to be a lot higher than it was at the beginning of the conference. My mindsets have shifted as a result of his content, but only because I had this structure, the scorecard structure. So that's basically how we present it in Strategic Coach. And one of the things we're saying is that you can actually market by sending out your mindsets to the world using the Internet and that you can actually attract everybody who has your mindset and would be interested in knowing what your content is because they're so attracted to your mindsets. This is what we're experimenting with right now. And you were present yesterday at one of the great experiments, and it was pretty wild. So me as an entrepreneur and as a, a user, just to feedback to those listening how I think about this. So I want you to imagine I've created again, with my team, with Dan's help, this Abundance 360 scorecard. And there are some eight categories down the side. And one category is having an abundance mindset. We measure that abundance mindset one through 12. And at one end, your sense is that everything is scarce. The world is getting worse. The more people there are, the less abundance for everybody. Just this negative mindset, that's a one. At the other end, a 12, it's a notion that the world is getting better at an extraordinary rate. Technology is taking everything that was scarce and making it abundant. And we as entrepreneurs are making the world far more abundant. And we describe 1 through 12 with incremental descriptors. And so that you as an individual can place where your mm-hmm. mindset is along those lines. And then we have a whole slew of those eight categories, uh, exponential thinker, how are you in experimentation, how are you using exponential technologies, all of that. What I'm going to do with that is I'm actually going to go out on Facebook and place some Facebook ads and simply ask the question to the world, are you an exponential entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And why don't you rate yourself and see if you are? I think that people are going to want to know where they are compared to the norm. And I'm going to be able to actually capture people and find out where they are. And one of the interesting changes you've made since we began this process is besides scoring yourself on, for example, where are you as an experimenter? And you might say, I'm a seven or eight. What is your aspiration? Where do you want to be? You know, do you want to be a 12? Mm-hmm. I can actually measure now where a person is compared to their aspiration. And a person who is at a 6 or 7 and wants to be a 12, if they're a 10 or 11 and want to be a 12, but in one category they're a 6 or 7, I now know where I can help them most. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's really great. I can use it as a capture mechanism to find entrepreneurs who want to be exponential entrepreneurs where I can provide mm-hmm. them value and service. And I can actually hone in more on where I can specifically help move them along. So I'm excited about doing that experiment very shortly with my team here. Well, one of the things, Peter, if I take you and I put you in the center of a circle and I draw a circle around you, and the circle is the 360 degrees of your, let's say, the life that you live in a quarter as an entrepreneur and individual, there's a whole series of areas where there's a real emotion that you have attached to those areas. It's either a negative emotion or a positive emotion. And you would be able to construct a scorecard for every meaningful area in your life, the full range of business situations. For example, you're always evaluating startups because you have a fund. You have a number of organizations like Singularity, you have XPRIZE, you have planetary resources, and every one of those has areas. Dude, you just gave me an amazing idea. I'm just, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. So we're meeting with my team at Bold Capital Ventures. We're a $150 million venture fund, and we're meeting to actually talk about how we're evaluating these companies. We're meeting just in a couple of days, and I'm so going to be working between now and then to create a scorecard. We should score every single company that comes in on our internal scorecard, very clear. So thank you for that. Well, here's the big thing. One of my longtime clients is one of the top IP lawyers in Silicon Valley. And he said, you know, I've come to realize that somebody can walk in the door with the greatest, what seems to me to be a knockout of the park idea But when you get to know the individual, you realize that he doesn't have any of the mindsets that would go along with a knockout of the idea. And he says, so you can waste an enormous amount of money investing in a product or a technological breakthrough. But he said, everything comes down to if we really create an enormous inflow of capital for this person and we give them the best technical aid, do they actually have scorecard terms? Do they have the eight mindsets that they would become an enthusiastic growth partner in what we can provide to them? And I'm sure when you look at the investments in bold capital over the years that succeed or failure, well, part of it was the idea just wasn't ready for the marketplace or the marketplace wasn't ready for the idea. But I think a large portion of the ones that really succeed or really fail are going to come down to the actual mindsets of the entrepreneurs, the innovators that are actually doing it. And you would be able to check that out right up front, and you'd be able to say yes or no just based on mindset. So you just gave me two ideas now, okay? Just to be clear, (laughs) I was thinking about the scorecard is something that the partners at BCP will fill out when we are evaluating whether to make an investment. And that's useful, but you just gave me a much more powerful idea, which is we should give a scorecard to the entrepreneur to fill out and give back to us before we make the investment. And those are two separate ideas that I can't wait to get to Max Bricklin on my team, Marissa. (laughs) And Peter, I mean, you're just hitting on something which I think is very important, is that once you grasp the fundamental reason for having a scorecard. And once you realize the simple methodology of setting up a scorecard, your brain immediately expands 
enormously in terms of application. And I was saying to you at your workshop yesterday that I've known you for four years now. I've been deep into abundance and I've been deep into bold. And, you know, we went through the entire process of creating Abundance 360 and everything, you know, the curriculum. But all the time I was sitting there and saying, you know, where's the exponential for Dan and Babs? Where's the exponential for Strategic Coach? We have some exponentials that we've built into coaching that a lot of other people really haven't had, like workshops instead of individuals and having associate coaches rather than just one coach at the top. And those are nice exponentials. We've certainly gone 10 times. They give you a few doublings. Yeah, yeah. Not actually 10 times, three times since we started, you know. Yeah. But in terms of the use of digitalization, nada. We just didn't have anything at all. And the moment we turned the scorecard into a digital tool in the workshops, and you were there yesterday, the whole place just went kind of crazy. And what it was, everybody thought that this was just a single thing with a single purpose. And I said, no, this is a general tool. You can apply this to anything. And immediately, you're wiser about that situation. You have standards about that situation, which allows you to make incredibly better judgments, you know, going back to early warning. I mean, if you're in the investment business and it's venture capital, early warning is everything. I mean, it's as important as the diagnostic that I get at the health nucleus. I mean, if I can get a false note identified very, very quickly or a course correction that's needed very early, that can make all the difference between a good investment and bad investment. Absolutely. No, it's great. And I do believe that you are going to be a causative agent for getting scorecards used by entrepreneurs around the world. And the multiplier effect is those scorecards are going to allow them to make their businesses that much more efficient and use of capital that much more efficient. So you've got this efficiency, right? I mean, the idea, again, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And the whole idea of exponential improvements from the Pearson's Law, is it? Carl Pearson, yeah. That's, yeah, uh, I mean, that's you're enabling that exponential improvement because people are reporting it excited that I'm here at the beginning. So to all the entrepreneurs here listening, I mean, you're seeing in real time how I'm starting to think about the use of a scorecard. I also think about my ability to use a scorecard in my personal life for like, what are the things I care about Mm -hmm. in my family? And, you know, how I use time, how I spend time with my kids, my family, how I vacation, my free days, my level of stress, what are the things that mm-hmm. that I care about? And if I can actually, you know, part of this is how do you don't BS yourself, but if you can be honest about it, you can actually score where you are and then begin to say, you know, I'm going to focus on this mm-hmm. area this month and make progress. And if you try and focus on everything at once, it's overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I'm going to take it a piece at a time and change my mm-hmm. behavior and change what I do then you could measure your progress over a year and know that you've changed your life. Dan, how do you deal with honesty and reporting for a client or something? Do you think that people inherently are trying to game it or will they report it accurately? Well, first of all, it's a really great question. It actually is answered favorably in the direction of digital rather than personal scoring what they've discovered, and one of the things I've followed is the effectiveness of digital diagnostic programs in the area of law 
and in the area of medicine. And they've discovered over the years if they measure a diagnostic machine where the patient just sits in front of a computer and actually answers questions, as opposed to answering the questions live to a doctor sitting in front of them, that the answers that the patient gives are incredibly more accurate digitally than they are in person. And the reason is that no judgment is coming back from the machine. I complimented Dr. Brar on her wonderful manner from the health nucleus, but I've had many examples where a doctor will ask me a question and I'll give an answer. And he says, whoa, I didn't know that. And immediately my entire mindset about the situation, about my relationship with this person, you know, it could be just a gesture he looked at me and everything like that because humans are really geared to picking up on any signal from other human beings. Digital, it's neutral. It's no judgment coming back. And what's the point of cheating a computer? I mean, there's no payday in cheating a computer. So that's why we wanted to get it to the digital framework. And I take part in a lot of programs that have scorecards, and I really answer honestly. And my belief is that, you know, if you have significant number of people taking part of it, if there's no reward for lying, You either want to improve or you don't want to improve. And if you don't want to improve, you won't take the test in the first place. You won't do the scorecard in the first place. I'm a great believer that if you set up the right conditions for human beings, there's no reward for bad behavior. Agreed. So, I mean, I think the elements, when I went through with Marissa and Cody and Greg and my team uh, Mm. coming up with the Abundance 360 scorecard, Mm. It was really trying to narrow down what are the most important elements down the left-hand column. Mm -hmm. Probably start with 15 and finally got it down to Mm 8, which I think is sort of a number 7 or 8 that you feel is a good chunk of categories that you want to measure. Mm -hmm. And then trying to then, on a 1 to 12 scale, in those Mm -hmm. four chunks, 1, 2, 3 is one chunk, 4, 5, 6 another, and, and then being able to describe in descriptive terms and then allow yourself to say within this third quartile i'm a seven eight or nine so i can say i'm in the sort of the beginning Mm. of this or the Mm. end of this it becomes reasonably easy to score oneself and then it also gives you a sense of okay this is where i want to focus and these are the things i can do to improve myself and Without a target, you'll miss it every time. Mm -hmm. So what a scorecard does is it gives you a target of where you want to improve as well. And the thing I would say is I'm a great history buff from childhood. And one of the things I've observed is that the entire process of making life more civilized for human beings is to take areas that are essentially qualitative. In other words, we're experiencing them emotionally and practically and quantifying those actually putting numbers so that personal and organizational performance and improvement is possible. This will be very, very exciting. And, you know, I'm so fascinated with this. I mean, I've had some great sandboxes in my life, and I've had some great toys. But I have to tell you, this is the biggest and best toy. I've been at coaching for 42 years, and I never had one like this where it's getting a little bit harder to just fall off to sleep at night and you know, I get up in the morning very anxious because I feel I've created this massive scorecard experimental lab where everybody wants to tell me how they're using it and all the different areas of their life that are coming into focus where they're developing tremendous 
fast judgment about whether to go or no go. So I think we're really onto something really big here. I'm just happy to get this out to as many entrepreneurs as possible right now. It's a very fascinating. I actually feel an exponential happening. And I never really, <laughs> you know, I was one of the guys sitting there and I knew you were feeling exponentials, but I hadn't had the experience now. And I really have that experience. That's great, pal. Well, I look forward to sharing my continued experimentation with scorecards with our Exponential Wisdom audience. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, everyone listening will begin to experiment with it. And I know, Dan, you'll be making more and more information available. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't considered becoming a member of a strategic coach, I can't express enough how it's worth it to me. There are very few things in my life that I take a full day every quarter and fly across the country to, but to go and spend eight hours with mm -hmm. Dan and the entire family, I call him a family strategic coach, and learn from the master is, as an entrepreneur, one of the best investments I've ever made mm -hmm. and looking forward to our next 25 years together on multiple fronts. Thank you. And they'll be high scoring yours. <laughs> anyway, Dan, a pleasure to spend time with you and thank you to our Exponential Wisdom uh, community for listening in. Yeah. Have a great day, pal.